Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning. My name is Andrew Dore. I'm your host for this week's edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. I appreciate you taking a little bit of your time this week to hear about what we're thinking about the state of the markets and the economy. Before we get started, I'll do what I normally do and just remind you that what you're about to hear today should not be construed as individual investment advice. If you do have questions about it, I would encourage you to speak directly with your financial advisor or give us a call here at the office. We'd love to talk with you about it. So with that, let's dive in. We've kind of come off of a holiday week. Everybody's feeling a little bit relaxed. The market was up this week, which is great. Good, solid week in the market. This tends to be a time in a typical year. And I think we'll all agree this year has not been a typical year. But in a typical year, this tends to be a time when things settle down in the markets. Wall Street goes on vacation. They go to their nice houses in the Hamptons or wherever it is. All these fancy people go. Washington takes pretty much the whole month of August off and usually a good part of July. There's just much less driving the market as we get into the end of the summer. And so what we see is that average stock market returns during the summer tend to slow down. tends to be a much slower time of the year than what we see at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year. Why? There are a lot of other things driving the market during those time periods. You have things like people worried about tax loss harvesting at the end of the year. That creates a lot of momentum in the market. You have people worried about paying their taxes in the first half of the year and, and raising capital to do that. So there are a lot of things that drive the market during other parts of the year. During the summer, traditionally, Not as much. This year, oh, this year's a much different story. There is so much news happening right now. There's so much going on in the markets, especially around the inflation discussion, which we've spent a lot of time on in this podcast. And where we're at today, I believe, is a pretty interesting crossroads. The next two weeks, in my opinion, are going to set the table for what the next several months look like in the stock market. So I want to talk about those events that are happening over the next couple of weeks just to get you prepped. This week is a prep week. Next week, we're going to be diving into some real data, thankfully. We're going to be able to spend a good bit of time on that and really over the next couple of weeks. But this week right now, I just want to lay the field out. I want you to understand what you should be listening for when you're hearing the financial pundits talk over the next couple of weeks because there are some pretty important stories coming out. So let's let's dive into them. First of all, earnings season begins. It's hard to believe this, but we are already at the start of another new quarter. And with the start of a new quarter comes reporting on last quarter's results. And, you know, the big driver, the big start to this season is ahead of us this week. Thursday and Friday of this week, we're going to see reports from most of the big banks. And the big banks tend to kind of lead the momentum or the opinion, I guess I would say, of what the market sees going into an earnings season. And so we're going to see JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, US Bank Corp, Bank of New York Mellon, BlackRock, and Wells Fargo will all report on Thursday and Friday. That is going to have a significant impact on what the market's outlook is going to be, I think, for the rest of this earnings season. You may recall me discussing in past episodes that there are traditionally some trends we can see in what analysts expect from earnings. 
What we typically see is the analysts go into a quarter. So when you think about going into the quarter, so the beginning of this quarter was April 1. On April 1st, analysts tend to be more optimistic. And as we get towards the end of the quarter, June 30th, they tend to lower their expectations over time. That has happened for a long time. It's, I think it's human nature, if anything. They start fairly optimistic, and as more data and more information comes in, we see those numbers re- revised down. Now, we had a time period there during COVID when the exact opposite trend was happening. Earnings were growing so much that what would happen was they would start with a lower expectation, and as more data came in, those expectations actually went up during the quarter. That was very strange relatively speaking. But a negative earnings revision should not be unexpected. We do have a negative earnings revision so far this quarter. Earnings have been revised down about 1.1% from April 1st to June 30th. That is actually less than half of the average typical quarter. The typical quarter's earnings reduction averages about 2.4%. So while, yes, we've seen it, I think it should be noted that in a time period where everyone's talking about recessions, everyone's talking about inflation, what analysts are saying is that their expectations aren't nearly as bad as they've been in previous quarters, if you will. At the same time, analysts have actually raised their expectations for the back half of 2020. The result of that is that the total earnings expectation for the year for the S&P 500 is up to $229.63. That would result in earnings growth this year of nearly 10.7%. I think at the beginning of the year, the earnings expectation for this year was about nine. So that would be fantastic. And frankly, nine would be fantastic. On top of that, they have revised down their earnings for 2023, but that number currently today would equal an earnings growth of just over 9% for 2023. So all of this is to say, for all the scary stories you've been forced to listen to over the course of the last couple months about recessions and inflation and everything else, the people who are analyzing these companies are essentially saying the long-term outlook looks fairly positive. 10% earnings growth this year, 9% earnings growth next year. That is not in any way, shape, or form a world-is-ending analysis. But we have to see what the banks come out with. That will give us some very good guidance as to what we can expect for the coming weeks. We'll look forward to seeing what is reported, and we will happily report it back to you next week in the podcast. The other big data set coming out next week, and I would argue it's frankly a much bigger data set coming out next week, is we are going to get the CPI data for the month of June. If you've been listening, you know that the CPI data for the month of May caused an absolute freak out in the market. We spent a lot of time here two weeks ago discussing core CPI versus CPI and the impacts that energy has on inflation, specifically all items inflation or CPI. And frankly, how that has affected the Fed's decision-making. We know that energy prices have dropped substantively since, call it, the second week in June. What we don't know is whether or not that drop is enough to impact the CPI data for this month. So let's just look at what analysts or economists are saying their expectations are right now. There are really four ways to look at this. There's core CPI and CPI. And in both scenarios, we want to break that down as month-over-month inflation and year-over-year inflation. The all-item CPI or CPI number year-over-year was the number that scared everybody last month. That expectation right now for June is that that number will be 8.7%. 
that is actually a slight tick up from May's number of 8.6%. All items inflation month over month is coming in at 1%, which would be flat from last month's 1%. Core CPI, which as you know, for me, that is the that is the thing that the Fed has used to measure their policy for a long, long time. And core CPI has been dropping for the last couple of months, and the expectation is that it will drop again for June, coming down from last month's 6% year-over-year to a 5.7% year-over-year number, with the month-over-month number remaining flat at 0.6%. Here's what I would say with that data. Those expectations that are being shown by analysts or economists right now Those are pretty safe bets. It's maybe going to edge up a little bit, but it's not going to be that bad. They're basically saying things are going to be flat. And when you say that, it can kind of be wrong on either way, but it's a pretty safe bet to make. Frankly, I think that they're having the same problems that I'm having in trying to understand how the drop in energy prices is going to affect all items inflation. We know it's going to affect it, but is it going to be something that is going to affect it quickly enough to matter for the June print, or is it something we're going to have to wait on for the July print? I don't know the answer to that. I think these quote-unquote expectations are showing that nobody else knows the answer to that yet either, and we're going to have to watch and wait and see, and we're going to know on Wednesday. When that data comes out Wednesday, it's going to be a big deal for what the market's going to do over the next seven days. Because seven days after that is when we have the Fed's next interest rate decision from next Wednesday to the Wednesday following. So next Wednesday is inflation day to day. Wednesday, July 20th is Fed meeting day. As you'll recall, the the interim period from when we got the CPI data to when the Fed made their decision in June was a very dramatic time period in the market. The market's expectations changed a lot during that time period. It's a safe bet that it will be a dramatic week again in between those two points in the markets. But which way is it going to be dramatic? I don't have that answer. Good inflation data would, I believe, see a spike in equity prices. Bad data will see another decline. It's going to impact what the market's expectations of the Fed are. The current expectation is that the Fed is going to raise rates 75 basis points. And frankly, that's a pretty much unanimous expectation. We always use the CME uh, FedWatch tool. And right now, that CME FedWatch tool is showing a roughly 95% chance of a 75 basis point increase. What it's not showing is any chance of a 50 basis point increase. I found this interesting. There's actually a 5% chance that we will see a 100 basis point increase. That is not something I've ever heard talked of really in the marketplace today. Basically what the market's saying is they think the inflation data is not going to be good and the Fed will have to be aggressive in their rate increases again. If that inflation data is good, we're going to see that process change that expectation of the market change very, very, very rapidly over the next several days. We saw that last month. Remember, going into the Fed's meeting last month, everybody thought, and I I could go pull the old chart, I have it somewhere, but there was much like we have this month, kind of an almost unanimous opinion that rates were going to raise 50 basis points. And in the course of about 24 hours, that switched from 50 basis points to an unanimous decision that there would be a 75 basis point increase. Good inflation data, I think we'd see the reverse of that for this month. Bad inflation data, maybe that 100 basis point flyer that's sitting out there on the expectations right now will be something that we talk more about. 
It's hard to say. But the market's direction for the next several months, I think, is going to be decided quite a bit in the next few weeks. The base case, we spent some time last week on the base case, core underlying long-term track record base case. And the base case is good. And what earnings analysts are telling us is that the base case remains good for this year into next year, despite all of the fears of inflation and a recession. But sentiment, which has been such a weird wrench in this process, is going to have a say over the next few weeks. And sentiment is going to be determined by what earnings look like, by what inflation looks like, and by what the Fed says in just over two weeks. So you're going to be hearing a lot more from us on those items. Hang on. It's going to be a fun one. We look forward to touching base with you next week and having hard inflation data to discuss, as well as some real earnings data. So that should be fun. With that, we'll wrap it up. As always, if you ever need anything, please don't hesitate to give us a call. You can always reach us at the office at 515-273-1333, or you can visit us on the web at www.insightwealthgroup.com. I hope you have a great week. We look forward to touching base with you again soon. Take care. Securities offered through Arate Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.